welcome to the third uh, Hyper Combo Finish podcast. Um, I This is Chris, and I am here, as always, with Marie. Woohoo! It's me. Yes, it's you. Um, <laughs> this time, uh, there is no video, so we're going to devote our full brain power to talking, and we'll see how that goes. Well, um, let's, go, let's, let's go over some top industry news stories since the last time we talked, Marie. Oh, let's do that. The weeks um, in review. Yeah, so the first one I think that you really want to talk about is this whole hashtag one reason why. Oh, yes. That um, was a thing that happened last week, and it was talked about ad nauseum. So I, I only kind of caught the periphery of it, and I saw people talking about it, and I actually didn't understand it, because I was just reading tweets, and they said one reason why, and said something terrible that happened to them. Uh, but usually, <laughs> the, usually the hashtags are self-explanatory, like um, the, the terrible ones on Twitter are usually like, Things, why you hit your girl when she do that, you know, sort of things. Um, <laughs> like, why you and hit your girl when she don't get you a drink fast enough. Like, that's usually what they're like. Uh, so these were not self-explanatory enough for me, um, but you were saying it had something to do with games. Yes, indeed. So I believe the discussion started by, oh gosh, and I can't remember his name now. Do you know his name? His name was Luke. And he asked the question why there weren't more lady game creators in the industry. And a lady game creator responded with, one reason why is this horror story of things that happened to me early on in my career. Um, and emboldened by that, lots of other women in the industry decided to share their stories of things that have happened to them. And it was just this outpouring of really awful stories things that you don't think should happen in any work environment, but seem to happen a lot and pretty consistently to women in the games industry. And the discussion morphed from there into, you know, what is it about this industry specifically that allows this culture to propagate itself? Um, that, I mean, it wasn't all negativity. Um, this spawned uh, one reason mentors, uh, women who are happy in their careers and ha happy to help other women who are starting out in their careers or even farther along in their careers um, just to develop themselves that uh, sounds personally and professionally. Right there. Yeah, that's a great thing. And that happened within the first day. I mean, it wasn't... I think that many people like to harp on the negativity of it, but... I don't think that women were trying to be negative. I think they were trying to speak out about their experiences so that other women wouldn't feel alone. Um... And that's something that happens, honestly. There's so much shame culture. And, oh, man, I sound like I totally went to Berkeley and studied philosophy, <laughs> which I did. But there is a shame culture about, you know, sexual harassment and um, sexual aggression and sexism in general, where it's like, if it happened to you, then there's something wrong with you, the victim. There's victim blaming, et cetera. And that happens in, you know, a lot of different situations, not just in sexist cases. But anywho, so people were trying to speak out so that other people would feel comfortable sharing their stories and know that they're not alone and know that it's not okay for those things to happen to them and so there was that part which definitely got a lot of people talking yeah i mean whenever anybody talks about sexism and gaming in general there's this this anti-backlash that kind of comes out when they're like oh yeah well well girls come on man um sandwiches there's a lot something. of dudes who come out and kind of act like jerk holes yeah i mean that's, I think, a, a big part of gamer culture and internet culture, because this did happen on Twitter, is trolling. And oh, yeah. um, to some extent, that's unavoidable. And that's just people, even if they don't believe these things that they're saying, see an opportunity to be an asshole and take it. Um, and that, I think, for the large part, can be ignored. 
I think when people start getting death threats and threats of rape, maybe that's too far. Um, but I think that uh, the intelligence level of the person who's trolling you usually speaks for itself. So you can take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, there was a lot of like instant backlash where like women shouldn't complain. Think of the men and how hard it is for them. Also, make me a sandwich. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm guessing like the, the, the term sandwich trended very highly on Twitter that day. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to guess so. Or something. there's something else that women should be doing. Um, I don't know. What are the things that women do? Women should be knitting me a baby barefoot. Yes, knitting babies and things like that. But, it, you know, anyway, so get past the negativity. A lot of positive things happened. Um, the one reason mentors. And then there was the one reason to be hashtag where women shared like the really positive stories about what was going on. So, I mean, as a lady, as a lady gamer and a lady game creator, I thought it was really awesome. It was really awesome to hear from other ladies who've had some bad times and then see the sort of support that um we were willing to offer each other that's great but and it, it's great that you. there's enough of a critical mass for that support to be there now because it's not it's not like this is like a, a super weird thing there's a lot of women in high-ranking places in the game industry now yeah. um you know running games who are making like these hardcore games even uh Word. you know the, the ones that people the, the guys online would be like you know, would not expect games to, uh girls to be involved with um and uh it's just you know it's kind of like what's normal now, and and there's this perception that girls are not normal in games. Girls are not normal on computers, and um, yeah, <laughs> girls are not normal in the internet. Girls aren't normal anywhere. They're just weird things. And what are they doing here? Oh my god! Um, but it's it's strange because for a while now, nearly half of all self-proclaimed gamers, you know, forty-seven percent of gamers are women. Yeah. Um, and it's just like. And as pointed out by several people who have talked about this, it's like either a gamers as a culture are ignoring those women, but also um, the companies are ignoring these women because they're not like making female protagonists or if when they do have games with female protagonists, they don't seem to give them the marketing budget they would of a game with like a male protagonist because they feel like there's not enough of an audience. And they will literally say that there's just not enough of an audience, despite the fact that there's like 47% of all gamers who could possibly be engaged and immediately relate to such a game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it, it's, it's a silly catch-22 sort of thing. Um, and I think, you know, what picks up the slack are your favorite games uh, where they let you choose your gender and develop your character. Role-playing games are, are probably the, <laughs> the only ones who are like filling that role right now. Word. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know which came first, the role playing game or the ability to choose my gen, you know, which one appeals to me, but that is exactly my sweet spot. And it's, yeah, it's, hey, man, you're like totally revealed to some aspect of myself to me just now because like games weren't being made for me. So I had to find the games where I could make them for me. Yeah. But again, like at least from the 16 bit days on to now, like people are like, oh, you want to make a girl game? Well, it's got to be about ponies, right? Yeah. Um, um, and, and, he, <laughs> and it's like, even if like, when I was a writer in games, when I'd write about games, <laughs> even then it was like, and I clearly like first person shooters and a lot of violence and survival horror. And they're like, well, I'm really interested in a woman's perspective on this game. And it would be so confusing to me because as far as I know, I am a woman. And when I write about something, it is a woman's perspective. 
but until I talked about like the emotional content and not about <laughs> how satisfying, about you know, <laughs> I was like, I like, I just want to talk about, you know, fucking chainsawing a dude in half. Um, and they're like, oh, but like, what does a woman think? And I, I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought I was a woman. What's this strange alien race? What are they talking? What I language just, like, do they speak, Marie? I, you can exactly. be our translator. How, how do babies are made? I just, I don't know. I, it was really baffling to me. And of course I didn't. Do you have a sister? <laughs> Ask your sister to write about games. Does she like games too? Is she hot? I mean, is she <laughs> is she like smart? I guess. Is she hot? I guess. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 a really loaded question. I think a lot of that, you know, when it, when it whenever this is spoken about by a male, it it's hard not to come off as disingenuous. Um <laughs> and I think Let's talk about it then. You talk about it, boy. Well, well, I'm saying like it's hard for me okay. to say it without becoming, you know, to, to talk about being proactive about it without being disingenuous because mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys, there have been movements where guys are like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to make like this forum where girls can get together and we're going to, they can help each other out. But it's like, but you're a dude. You can't do that. That's gross. (laughs) Um, You know, I actually saw a bunch of this in the startup industry where it's a very similar sort of uh, dynamic. It's like, why why aren't there any female developers? Why don't any girls write code? Um, Bring me binders full of women. All the people asking this are dudes. And it's like, well, you asking that, you sound kind of like a jerk. Um, You you just... (laughs) By the the token, uh, by you asking that, it makes it sound like you don't know what you're talking about, you know? Um, mm. Yeah, I can see that. It's hard, it and, is... and, like, when they try to cater to them, it's like, oh, well, you know, we'll go get, like, girly drinks and, like, invite all these girl coders and, like, get our nails done. Like, they do stuff like that. That literally <laughs> happens. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's It's god-awful. Because you know what? As appalled as I am by that, I would love to go get girl drinks and get my nails done. That sounds fucking awesome. And I think it would be totally awesome if a girl started it. But if you're a guy and you're like trying to say, this must be what girls like. So this is my girl trap. You know, (laughs) this is what I'm going to bait it with. I'm going to bait it with, you know, girly drinks and getting your nails done. Yeah, we'll see who who gets stuck in my box. Like, it's weird. (laughs) Um I think like it's it's awesome that people are trying to move things in a positive direction, and I think um, girls need to do it themselves, uh, or or else you know yeah, guys it, sound girls. creepy and like they want to trap women in boxes. You know, <laughs> many guys spoke out on the run one reason why um, hashtag, and I I think that everyone was welcoming up welcoming of it. I'm mean, yes. Male, other males trolled those guys like, oh, you're just looking to get chicks and shit like that. But I think that from my experience, at least, the other women who were seeing these posts thought it was really nice. I'm sure they do. I'm, I'm, I'm talking from my yeah. personal perspective. I see. Yeah. Um, when, when I Among hear dudes. people say stuff like that, I, I, and you know, I'm talking actually mostly about the web developer industry, which is probably mm-hmm. worse um, than what you were reading really? online about games. Um Wow, Because people really? actually tend to be more thoughtful when they're talking about games than when they talk about online internet companies, which is sad. <laughs> See, that is, like, completely weird to me, but okay, I'll go with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, I, you know, I should go and read some of this, um, because it, it sounds like a very interesting discussion, and yeah. anything that makes it better is, is great, and I think um, this you know, sounds like it was all about uh, just... Telling stories, right? Yeah. And it's just, it, ta- it the whole experience makes you want to use words that really make you feel like some cliche. 
it was empowering it was uh, really endearing it was all of these things that you read about women's movements being you're the Thelma to my Louise exactly it was chick flick ricious and it was actually very very good and I don't know if it's just my age talking but I really um, I enjoyed the outpouring of support that everyone gave each other, even though it's not like I'm like some fancy person in this industry. It's just nice to feel part of a group. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, as I've grown older, I've actually come to the realization that being jaded isn't awesome. And like when you feel <laughs> happy and like there's something like really saccharine happening, but you're kind of into it, just embrace it. You know, yeah. this is a good thing. Just, you know, maybe it's cliche, but it feels good. Just just enjoy it. Yeah. Why? Why not? Just go with it. You, you, yeah. The only reason you shouldn't enjoy it is if you're like a Sony fan and you're, you've got Ball House <laughs> and you've got your, your typefaces. Yes. UI is like this. Yeah. Um, you can't see, but I'm making my hands do this. Liking stuff is totally not cool. But dr- smoking a cigarette out back, that's cool. <laughs> Irony is so ironic. Yeah, but so, you know, when that stuff happens and you feel like, oh, this is cliche, don't don't even think that. Just be like, this is cool. This community is spawning and I love it and I'm going to give it a big sloppy hug. Yeah, I'm I'm all for earnestness and sincerity. Let's go with it. Yeah, it's a new thing. It's good. We're going to make it cool. (laughs) We're going to make it so cool. Word. Um, So, yeah, that was one reason why. Get with it. Chicks. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you love chicks. Um... Talking about chicks, here's a segue Woo! for you. Um, oh. Bioshock Infinite, um, Irrational uh, actually hired. Uh, there was a, there was a woman online who was doing uh, amazing cosplay of uh, the character Elizabeth in the game, a game that hasn't come out. She did an, an amazing cosplay that looked almost eerily like uh, the the game character, mm-hmm. and they hired her to be the official model for the game. I guess. Um, did you read anything else about that? Um, well, I saw the, her pictures, actually, like her, you know, in her normal dress, and then with an overlay of Elizabeth's hair, and then her entire outfit. And I have to say, wow. First, the, what an incredible dream come true for a cosplayer, right? Oh, man, It's like, yeah. whoa, that's, how is that even in your realm of sanity? Because, wow, that's amazing. And she put a tremendous amount of work into her outfit and creating, replicating that look. So good for her. That is so amazing. But yeah, she looks fantastic, and they're she's gonna they're gonna put her on the back cover. No, I didn't hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, they're putting her on the back cover. Speaking of which, front cover. Yeah, so the back cover is gonna be a lot cooler than the front cover. I hear. Yes, the front cover has been revealed, and it's the protagonist. I believe his name is Booker. Yes, I believe that's true. And wow, the internet did not like. Yeah, so the front cover of Bioshock Infinite, which is supposed to be, like Bioshock preceding it, this um, kind of high-minded game about lots of deep things, Uh, you know, (laughs) racism, um, you know, uh, seclusionism, Um, you know, it it shows this white dude holding a shotgun over his back, and that's all that's on the cover. Yeah, and the words Bioshock Infinite. Yes, um, um, and he's just kind of standing there looking like a grizzled dude. It's an interesting choice, especially for an established IP that, you know, didn't really focus on the individual or the protagonist. Um, Maybe I this one does always... more, though, because, you know, I, I, judging from the video, like, Booker actually speaks. He has a voice in this. True, that is true. But, but don't you think it's... I don't know. I think it's just an incredibly odd and sort of stale choice because I think of the Assassin's Creed covers where it's just, you know, 
Ezio or it's Connor. And he looks like Booker DeWitt, the Bioshock uh, Infinite character. He looks a lot like Nathan Drake to me. Yeah, there was actually, uh, they showed the cover to one of the Uncharted, and it was Nathan Drake standing in the exact same pose from the from the back. Um, it looks like you you took Nathan Drake and turned him around 180 degrees, and that is the cover for Bioshock Infinite. Uh. Um, and, you know, it, it looked really uninspiring to me. Like, when I saw it, I was surprised that there was such a huge backlash, because it's like, oh, it's a video game box art, and it it's boring, whatever. Uh, but people are really... I think it kind of speaks to the way people think about Bioshock games. Um, They're really like, this should be thought-provoking, and this is stupid, and what the hell, guys? Um, Yeah, I'm not learning anything about Ayn Rand from this cover. Right. (laughs) Where's the high-mindedness? This is dude with a shotgun, and this game's better than that. Um, Even though they haven't played the game yet. Yes. Who knows? Maybe it's not better than that. Maybe this is as good as it gets, buddies. Maybe. You know, maybe they'll be all upset when they find out, which they also announced last week, was that there's no multiplayer in the game. Um, yeah. Which, personally, I don't care, because uh, I played Bioshock 1, which didn't have multiplayer, and I didn't play Bioshock 2, which did have multiplayer that everyone said wasn't very fun. Yeah, and maybe they learned their lesson. And it's, So now that we're looking back at what Bioshock 1 and 2 have done, and the cover art and the high-mindedness, as you said, of both of those releases, maybe they thought, hey, you know what? That's not working out for us. Let's go mainstream, no multiplayer, uh, relatable protagonist that'll you know be very mainstream and keep people interested that are probably not the Randian thinkers that we were targeting in our first two releases. Well, maybe? Possibly? Maybe. You know, if the game starts falling into kind of Jerry Bruckheimer tropes, then, you know, we're going to have problems. You know, I hope shit explodes. If there's like a wacky black character who comes up like randomly, you know, it's it's too much. You know, we already know Ooh. stuff's going to explode. I haven't seen a wacky black character yet, though. Hmm, that does sound good. You know what? To make it really edgy, they should have like an Asian female who's wacky. Oh, yeah. But she should be like, I don't know, really short or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's her superpower, being really short. Whoa, it'll be like so mind-blowing. People will be really into it. She'll have like one cool catchphrase. Um, like, hang loose, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I can't get my wacky characters together quickly enough for this podcast. But yeah. Uh, so here's my advice for Bioshock Infinite. Wacky kind of gung-ho, really tiny Asian chick. Cool catchphrase. Probably like a chainsaw. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Bioshock <laughs> Infinite is the next Jerry Bruckheimer film. Woo! And um, it, it may co-star Chris Tucker. Um, and it will be produced by uh, Marky Mark. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I yeah. can't wait till all of our predictions come true and people <laughs> say, like, they knew. I know. And then I'll win the lotto and it'll be amazing. <laughs> uh, other industry news. Um, Steam Big Picture Mode. Uh, Steam, as we all know, is the uh, leading distributor of PC games. Super system that makes PC gaming actually good. Um they, they released this mode that lets you really easily play uh, the games on a, on a television screen, made to be navigated entirely by a controller, uh, predominantly a, an Xbox 360 controller. Um, you know, and I've actually downloaded this, uh, the beta, and it was pretty great. Um, it works really well for any game that you would want to play with a controller. Um, you, you didn't see this at all, did you? 
No, I haven't seen anything at all, and I'm fascinated by it because I believe it works with Max as well. Yes, I believe awesome. so. I believe that was uh, the release today. Um, so tell me all about it. Yeah, well, you know, it does everything Steam does, basically, uh, but it, you navigate it in a very kind of uh, Xbox dashboard sort of way before mm-hmm. Metro happened. Um <laughs> You kind of go through all the games you own, and you can actually go into the shop and buy games with the controller, uh, and it's really simple. Of course, they made buying really streamlined. Um, of course. And, uh, you know, you buy the game, it downloads, and you just play it right there. Uh, it's great, and it, it, it's integrated amazingly well with the controller. They actually have a uh, on-screen keyboard that I've never seen before. You, um, you know, use the A, B, X, and Y buttons, and when you hold one down, it brings up a little wheel uh, for the direction that you can press your joystick for a letter. So, for example, it'd be like you hold down the A button and it gives you access to A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And you choose which of those you want by pressing the joystick towards it. Um, Interesting. So it's it's kind of a uh, more efficient way of putting in, um, you know, putting text in than like an on-screen keyboard. Hmm, uh, that sounds fun. I yeah. think I would just play with that forever. Yeah, like that alone is fun to play with. Um, and the rest is like, you know, it's also got thousands of games, so it's got that too. Oh yeah, games are in there. Yeah, but do, do you do you have a computer connected to your TV? I do not. Um, that's a little too much science for me. Understood. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it sounds like I'm, I want this to happen. Steam's big picture. I want that to happen for me. <laughs> so maybe I have to investigate how science works. I have so many things com- connected to my, co- my TV. So um, this is yet another thing that will have to happen. Yeah. Like you have a, uh, a laptop that I assume probably has DVI out or HDMI out. You could plug that to your TV and, um, you know, get the full experience, you know, for just to see. Yeah, no, I, I probably will do that this weekend. I am that thrilled by this development. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big nerd. I have two televisions with computers connected to them. Um, <sighs> Live, in the Live in the dream. Live in the dream. I, I really yeah. am. I I love life. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Good for you. Yeah, but it's fun. And it's cool that it's out of beta and everyone can use it. So, um, you know, if you have a computer connected to your TV, you should do it. And if you don't, maybe it'll make you think that that's a better thing. Like, it makes... PC gaming a little more console-like, which I think you could kind of get into. Word, because I'm all about them. Yeah. Console. Word. Yeah. They got me. Steam. I mean, Valve has just got me at my number. Anything they do, I'm just like into it. So, yeah. Don't. That's a good policy. Like, they're they're one of those companies that really hasn't effed up yet. Yeah. Seriously. Have Can you think of a single thing that's gone wrong? Um, Not for a very long time. Okay. And there I love go. the way that they troll us with Half-Life 3. Yeah, that's never happening. Yeah, but they troll us so hard, and word, word. they love it. I know they love it. Yeah. Recent game releases. Oh, um, hey. Yeah, let's do that. It looks like you had Mass Effect 3 DLC Omega. Yeah, so uh, what happened last week was the Omega DLC came out for Mass Effect 3. Uh, Mass Effect 3 is a wonderful game, part of a really awesome series, Mass Effect. And Omega was a chick party which you think, you know, given last week's events, I would be super into. You have uh, Arya Talok, the Asari, I guess, kingpin of the station Omega. Um, it's kind of a uh, lowlifes and gangs and nightclubs. I, have you ever played Mass Effect, actually? I haven't. Um, I've watched Space my Station. wife play some of it, but I haven't played it myself. Well, you should play it because fuck you. It's awesome. Anywho, and given the awesomeness of all of Mass Effect... 
series in Mass Effect 3, what an incredible disappointment Omega was. The voice acting was terrible. Um, just They're known the, for great voice acting. I know. I mean, of course, the female Shepard does a great job, as always, because she's super good. But Arya Talok is played by um, Trinity from The Matrix. Oh, whoa. I don't know her real name, but I don't need to because she sucked at this. <laughs> it was really bad. It was just dry and wooden and boring as hell. Um, the only good thing about it was um, seeing a female Turian for the first time. And oh. uh, that was really exciting. But the battles themselves were lame. Uh, the few weapons that you unlock, lame. And the whole mission was just sort of anticlimactic. You you hear about these new enemies, the adjutants, I think they're called. Um, and you want to be terrified of them because this badass Turian soldier, Irene, is like totally terrified of them and you see them and you think this is nothing to be afraid of it's sort of a, a reaper tech glowing blue glob and they're really easy to kill and i'm not sure why this was had such an incredible build-up so yeah i would say it was a total waste of money so the story was bad the gameplay was boring the weapons were boring and the dialogue was not good yes but there is a female Turian, and that's kind of interesting. <laughs> okay, so read the blog post, skip the DLC. Yes, totally. Cool. Um, so I shouldn't feel bad that that, that uh, DLC was not brought over to the Wii U version yet. Yeah, um, no. I don't think you're ever going to need to play that. Especially if you haven't played anything, it's not going to add to your understanding of the Mass Effect canon. Yeah, although I guess if I was to play through the game, I'd probably do it in the 360, because uh, we have the first two there, and you wanna, you got to import your character. Word. And that's really exciting, and that's what's worth. But anyway, in terms of DLC, disappointment, save your money, don't buy that. But in terms of upcoming DLC in the coming attractions, Dragonborn DLC for Skyrim drops tomorrow. And oh, tomorrow. And I have a feeling that's going to be kick-ass, because... Somebody who beta tested the DLC has leaked all the details, and you can ride dragons. I read that, yeah. You can ride um, dragons, Chris. And it's the first time in this game you've been able to do that. Ride dragons. You and can ride dragons. Do you think you'll be able to, like, shout while riding a dragon? Oh my god, I hope I can shout, pound a beer, and ride a dragon, and just, like, yell forever. Because it, it's just going to be so amazing. I'm riding a dragon. Woo! Yeah, like I think the first thing I would do in that game once I was able to ride a dragon is fly up to a, a castle turret where somebody's stationed and shout the guy off the, the castle turret and then fly away. And yeah, I'll be a bus Rhoda! Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. See, now it's just like, I feel like all I have to say is ride a dragon and you should be wanting to play this game, Chris. You know, I actually bought Skyrim this week. Oh, uh, tell me you're playing it. I'm going to play it. Okay, good. Uh, it was on sale on Steam. <laughs> Now you can play on Big Picture. That's right. I think I, I very well might. Oh, oh my God. So yes. So that's the DLC that I'm looking forward to um, tomorrow. And also coming out tomorrow, Far Cry 3, which is another game that has been getting really great reviews and I'm really interested in. It has. And, I, you know, it, it's piqued my interest too. Even though I played the first Far Cry, I played almost all the way through um, and I got bored to tears. Ooh. Uh, the first one, you know, it was I was kind of into like, oh, you know, this is like going through the jungle and shooting dudes. And I guess that's kind of new now. So shooting <laughs> dudes was fun. But then like two thirds of the way into the game, they're like, and there's aliens. And why does 
every first-person shooter have to have the third act be, and there's aliens. Because ancient aliens. Dude, every time. I'm sick mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. they're not even, unless they're really cool aliens, but they weren't. They were like gorilla things. Oh. No, it wasn't cool. You, I, I can't remember the last time I was actually really struck by an alien design, you know, since like the 90s. <laughs> you, you remember like, um, you know, the alien movies, they were, yes. those are great designs. Yeah. Um, and I actually, like, as a kid, you, people might laugh at me for this, I actually thought Independence Day had some pretty cool design aliens, too. <laughs> Welcome to Earth! Yeah, no, they, they actually were some really interesting aliens. I think my favorite aliens from that era were from Mars Attacks. Which, yeah, uh, which, those which were, were kind really of hailing clever. back to, like, you know, the, the 50s. The 50s, yeah. But I think that was, like, perfect, because you had this, like total realism and gore from your independence day and then you had this absolute kitsch um of mars attacks and i really enjoyed those aliens yeah. oh, and it sounds like you had a lot of um a lot of cool aliens are in mass effect yes they're oh my god you have to play i mean it's like so my favorite aliens of course turians because my my beloved garrus is a turian are my favorite just in general, Turians forever. But they're like the Elcor. Are you familiar with the Elcor? I'm not. They look like a snoutless elephant creature, maybe the size of a large pony or horse, but they're sort of gray. And anyway, they communicate in speech, but also with pheromones. Um, but because the pheromones can't be picked up by humans and several other species, they always have to say, at the beginning of a sentence, the tone with which they mean their communication. So they would say, seriously, I enjoy Elcors with love. <laughs> you mean a lot to me. Despairingly, all my family have died. I just, I just think that is incredibly clever. So, um, so it has awesome aliens. There's really no excuse for a video game to have bad aliens. Um, yeah, because your imagination can can go nuts. See, I give slack to a, a show like Star Trek. Star Trek is like we have budgets and we have like the laws of physics. So they're like, here's a new alien race. They look like humans, but they got this nose ridge thing. And there's like eighty <laughs> species of aliens that just have a varying nose ridge in Star Trek. Yes, but you know it's a show. They they only have so much money. But a video game, it's polygons. It's free. Well, I think for the purposes of gameplay, you, there are certain restrictions. So if you have control of an alien and say it's um, uh, Hanar, which is also in Mass Effect, mm-hmm. um, which are basically floating jellyfish, mm-hmm. you, I mean, how are you going to use a gun or what are your weapons? What are your attacks? I, I think that so many... Uh, Aliens are bipedal with forward-facing eyes so that if you ever get to play them, you know, it's not such an alien yeah, experience for you. But how fun say. would it be to actually experience life through the eyes of an alien and actually control it in a truly alien way? Um, hmm. I, I think that would be cool. Uh, you know, a game that I haven't actually played, but sort of is trying to do this is, uh, have you heard of Octodad? No, I have not. So there's this PC game, and I think they made a sequel even, and it's about... It's, it's this cartoony sort of game where you play an octopus who is posing, trying to pose as a human. And he's got a family, <laughs> a human family. He's got a wife and kids. Um, and you're just like this octopus who is standing up, trying his best to look like a human wearing, like, a suit. It looks hilarious. Um, 
but the controls are such that you're tr- you you control like an octopus, so it's really hard to act like a human. Uh, so you try to do simple things like pick up your coffee and drink it, and you'll just throw it across the room. <laughs> and the whole game is based on how hard it is to control your body. Amazing, because I, I I have to play this because as you said that I looked it up, and the tagline is "loving father, caring husband, secret octopus." Yes. <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, I gotta yeah. play it myself. I think I think that's that's wonderful. Yeah. That brings me to game of the week, sir. Yes. I would like to recommend a game. Oh, please to... do. What is that? So, you know, I work in social and mobile games, so I play a lot of them, and hidden object games are a a must a much maligned genre of games. I I I don't know if you remember the magazine highlights. I do. So very well. So are you familiar with the hidden object game genre? Yeah, like, uh, you know, find the, the, it's a list of words and it's like, find these things in this picture. Absolutely. It is like the back cover of Highlights, where they give you a list of objects that are hidden in the scene and then you have to find them. Um, most people think of these as games made for small children or older women and... A lot of the games that you've seen that have been successful on on Facebook and even on iOS have been targeted towards those markets. Mostly you're 35 and over women. Um, they have like romantic themes about time travel and lost estates and mansions that you must restore. Um, so my game of the week is a hidden object game, but it's a totally different take on what I think are the normal themes for this genre. It's called Criminal Case. Um, it's by Pretty Simple Games, and it's a hidden object game where you are a police detective, and you are investigating gruesome murder scenes. And Ooh. the first hidden object scene that you encounter, <laughs> one of the first objects in your list is dead body. <laughs> and when I saw that, I couldn't stop laughing. I just could not stop laughing at the amazingness of this. And then it's like bloody knife. And the scene is grotesque in a way, but it's like cartoonish because it's a social game. The It's not photorealistic by any means. Um, but then there's like, I, I was playing today and I'm in a, a case called um, The Brutal Butcher or something like that. And the first scene is a slaughterhouse with eviscerated pigs hanging from hooks along with a woman only in her underpants, hung from a meat hook. Wow. And then you have to find hidden objects in the scene, like syringe, (laughs) saw. And it's not just that. I mean, you find these hidden objects and they function as clues. So I think that's always like a big, you know, stumbling block for a lot of these hidden object games. It's like, why am I finding all these things? Why am I visiting this, you know, house from hoarders and trying to pick things out. So this kind and of gives you an overarching reason for it. Exactly. It's a narrative that um, you're investigating. And yes, these people are live in filth. <laughs> Absolutely. But sometimes, you know, your less appealing elements of society might live in filth. They might live in a junkyard. You know, when you're murdering somebody and trying to saw up his body, which is the second scene you encounter, I believe, or like <laughs> the third scene, there's like an accountant in a filthy bathroom with his arm cut off and his throat slit. And he's still wearing a necktie too. Um, you, you know, it makes sense for you to be picking through his trash, trying to figure out what happened. So it has just so much going for it. Um, in terms of its economy and balancing, like I think it's 
not quite there. Like I think the scenes themselves are a little too expensive, but just for the sheer novelty of playing a game that's normally, you know, as we were talking about earlier, like when people think of games for women, they think, you know, pink and fluffy things. This is a game that traditionally is for women, hidden object games. 35 and over, but appeals to a much broader and perhaps more accurate depiction of what the modern woman is into, like CSI and shit like that. Um, it's even kind of gruesome, gruesome for even many of the more jaded people I played with. They're like, oh my God, because you're seeing it on Facebook. You don't really expect to see, you know, a woman hanging from a meat hook. You're selling me on this game a little bit. I'm, you should try. I, I think that just, just try it. Yeah. I mean, definitely there it has its problems. It's the pricing of, you know, playing a scene because it's an energy-based system, right? So you have a certain amount of energy and you have to spend energy in order to play a scene. And they really put the screws to you if you don't have a lot of friends playing the game to send you energy or gifts. I mean, you have to do research too, which requires mastery levels in certain scenes. So you're, there's a lot of grinding. But just for the novelty of it, um, for, <laughs> for the delight you get when you unlock a new scene and it is just ridiculous, um, it's totally worth it to me. So that's my game of the week, Criminal Case, on Facebook. That is the, an example of a game that uh, I would have thought was very boring from the description, but um, you, <laughs> you totally sold it. Yay. Um, my downloadable this week uh, is uh, Trine 2, which is actually uh, one of the launch games for the Wii U. Um, and uh, Trine 2 came out a little while ago. I played the first one on PC, and I enjoyed it. And it's basically uh, a fantasy setting, you know, kind of a generic fantasy setting. Uh, but the hook of the game is that you're controlling three different characters at once. Um, you've got kind of this fighter who can swing a sword and, like, use a shield. You've got this thief and she can uh, shoot a bow, and she can use a grappling hook, and you've got this wizard, and he can levitate objects and create objects out of thin air. Um, and you can switch between them, like, out as, at, at any time. Uh, so you're kind of going through these fantasy settings that are actually really beautiful. They're really well-done 3D art. Um, and the writing is kind of cute and clever. And uh, on the Wii U, it's actually uh, a really great interface, because when you're doing things like... Um, drawing objects to create them as the wizard, you just use the touchscreen. It's a wonderful application of the touchscreen. Uh, levitating things with your finger, it feels so much better than using a right joystick. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying it. I, you know, I'm not all the way through it yet. And I, I'm kind of taking my time going through and taking screenshots and posting them in reverse. Um, uh, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, so I, I would recommend it to anyone who wants kind of a whimsical side-scroller. Um, and can kind of stomach uh, generic fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've seen the screen caps for it, and it looks really beautiful. I mean, it, it would be definitely if I were getting a Wii U, that would be like one of the first games I get. Yeah, the, the okay. art is great, um, and it, it looks super hot. So I think this is like bringing us to the end of things, where yeah. we have just the last segment, and it's... You're bad and you should feel bad. You should feel bad. Uh, so here is where we highlight kind of the worst of gaming culture, and there's, there's a lot to choose from. Oh, um, this week especially. Yeah, so this week, um, let's see, who, who do you think should feel bad this week? Well, I mean, definitely, and this is an easy one for me, so I get to tap out early on this. Anybody who trolled the one reason why hashtag? Because, yeah, I get it. It's the internet, and you can be a dick. But, um... Come on, as Chris was saying, as you were saying, I should say, um, 
hey, it's it's okay to feel good about something. Those cliche moments where you're coming together and, you know, feeling part of a community. Why not embrace that? You know, you don't have to be sort of arch and meta about everything. You don't have to sort of self-referentially dig at everybody who's doing shit. I mean, there are people who trolled it, you know, from an ironic point, And then there were those who trolled the hardcore sending death threats and rape threats towards women. And it's just like, come on, really? Do you really feel like women are somehow invading your culture, your precious gamer culture so much and to such an extent that you have to threaten bodily harm at them? And I get that, hey, maybe it's the internet and you don't actually mean it, but still, hey man, words will break our hearts. So, yeah, it, it's really just like kind of that cesspool feeling yeah sure and i get it. it's the internet that's just how we roll but come on but do guys. we have to roll that do we have to roll it so deep <laughs> i don't know maybe we're gonna change that man maybe things are like looking up <laughs> obama <laughs> yeah word chicks talking about chick stuff on the internet dudes who yeah. write for the internet covering chick stuff on the internet Hey, Dude, this is hey. this is going to be a fun segment because people are going to do terrible things every week. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I, I mean, it's the game gamer culture, so yeah, yeah. guaranteed. And so, you? Who uh, should for, feel bad? For me, the person who should feel bad, uh, there was an, uh, an article in The Guardian written by Jonathan Jones talking about why video games aren't art. And this is a tired discussion, you know, <sighs> kind of most notably brought around by uh, Roger Ebert. You know, when he was railing on why games can't be art, and he actually, like, responded to every comment, all thousands of them. Um, but it's this old argument, and it's just kind of like, come on, guys, it's it's 2012, just chill out. But uh, what, what really struck me about this guy was his thesis. And he basically said, and I quote, The worlds created by electronic games are more like playgrounds where experience is created by the interaction between a player and a program. The player cannot claim to impose a personal vision of life on the game, while the creator of the game has ceded that responsibility. Um, no one owns the game, so there is no artist, and therefore no work of art. And, you know, when I read that quote, I was just like, this guy hasn't had fun playing a video game ever <laughs> in his life. Has this um, guy played a game? Yeah, well, he claimed to. Uh, mm. But, you know, when he says that the player cannot claim to impose a personal vision of life on the game, I just, that's... The opposite of what I get out of games. I know. That games, is entirely what I do in a game. Right. You like you play a game and you play it the way you want. And the best games give you options on how to play. Um, you know, even if it's something simple like, you know, I'm going to play Super Mario and I'm going to be a pacifist and not kill anyone. You are imposing your your uh, views on that game. Uh, you're mm. changing the way it works. Um, and I feel like so many games on, on so many levels let you do this. It, it's all about role playing. Um, you change the game. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, so many games are designed with that specific intent. Totally. Uh, um, it, it, we're, hmm. we're playing to that. And, like, being in a playground is all about imagination and creating your own experience and sharing those ex that experience with others. So I just think he's, you know, there are decent arguments to be made, but he's just super off base, particularly hmm. off base. Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, maybe he's just, like, a huge Heidegger aficionado and he believes that art can only be a manipulation of space <laughs> but, <laughs> art um, can only wear a black turtleneck yes exactly I, I i don't know what this man's pedigree is or what he believes about but you know like oh, even British. like the oh 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 well there you have it no i'm not i have nothing against the brits but um it just <laughs> i don't know this is an argument i feel that has been lobbed at every single type of emerging art 
Absolutely, you know? yeah. So they, um, they used to say it about music uh, when they start recording music. You know, yeah. Now that it's recorded, it's dead. It's not art anymore. Yes, exactly. Because it can only be... Yes, when people started writing down things, it was just downhill from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was oral tradition or nothing, bitches. Mass production has killed everything. Yeah, fucking Gutenberg ruined our lives. That guy with his giant forearms. Yes, that is exactly what I think of, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why, but that he's like... Working a printing press and his his sleeves are rolled off. Are you? Is this exactly what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's I looking would... like Wreck It Ralph. Word, that guy, Popeye. Oh my god. Totally. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty great place to end it. <laughs> yeah, with Wreck It Ralph. No, with Gutenberg. Yes. Oh well, man, Gutenberg video game. Somebody needs to make that. Maybe I will make it. We'll, let's oh do god. it. Oh my god. Yes, you and me. We've got this. On it. You can't say. You can't deny the artistic merit of that. Can you, random British dude, I can't remember your name anymore. Oi, 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 Jones. Exactly. Can't say H properly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that many things about the Adding Brits. an unnecessary E to the end of words. Yes. Saying your A's all funny or something. Anywho. Yes, it was a good place to end on our Gutenberg game. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It was a pleasure with you as well. And I hope uh, to catch all of you guys, and especially you, you Marie, next time. Ooh. All right. Bye. See y'all. Thank you.